One quick message before I start the show. You can find all the links and resources for this episode by visiting the show notes on rickyrichards.com. If you enjoy this episode, do consider subscribing on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you're feeling particularly generous, you can help me to grow the show by leaving a review on iTunes. For anyone who does subscribe, review or share, thank you. I appreciate it. Now let's get into the show. Welcome to Ricky Richards Represents, the show where I talk tips for success with leading figures of creativity and innovation. Hello, dear listener. My name is Ricky Richards. I'm a designer, creator and long-time entrepreneur. I started this show, Ricky Richards Represents, at the tail end of 2016 in order to interview the people that I admired and also to uncover insights from leading figures of creativity, business and innovation. The aim was not just to help myself but also to aid others out there who aspire to do great things with their lives and I'm proud to say that I feel myself and the team who helped me to create the show have done just that. And to prove it, I've got five great clips and throughout the year, starting with celebrity photographer Tom Oldham. Having shot well over 100 world-class celebrities in his time, I knew Tom often had to work under pressure, and he shared lots of actionable insights throughout about how to work under these constraints. However, the standout moment for me was when he shared this wonderful, funny story about the time he got to work with one of his all-time heroes, Dave Grohl. So um, Dave Grohl is uh, the nicest man in rock, right? Everyone knows that. So I had to photograph him twice over two days. And the first time, uh, I can't believe I'm saying this. I mean, this, could be, <laughs> this could be viewed as unprofessional, but I think it just sums, up, sums it up. So in terms of big characters. and um, I had three minutes and 16 seconds with uh, him on the first day because he was hungover, he was tired, he was jet lagged. He walks into the room, sits on this sofa that we had to shoot him on and... Um, He's uh, he's not into it, and I'm spitting out anything I've got to try and get this reaction that we needed for the cover of this magazine, The Fly. And he um, just sort of gets up after a while and just sort of goes, right, thanks, you know, cheers. And I was like, wow, is that the nicest man in rock? Because if so, we've had it, you know. It, like, it wasn't a great experience. And the next day I had to photograph them again for, uh, for the same magazine, but a different sort of part of the feature. And... Um, he was. Am I allowed to drop f bombs on the on your podcast? Okay. Oh yeah, of course. Go for it. Okay, thanks. Um, the, the next day, I'm photographing him. We're all set up, and it's in a different location. And he goes, "Oh man, this fucking photographer guy we had yesterday. He said, ooh, the camera loves you, Dave.' I was like, "What the fuck?" And I said, um, uh, "Dave, that was me. I photographed you yesterday." <laughs> And it was really like, oh, man. I hope you got his, uh, a shot of his face going cherry red. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? To his credit, he was really ashamed that he had sort of rubbished me in front yeah. of everyone, right? I'm blushing now thinking about it. But he consequently became the nicest, sweetest, most obliging subject for the whole rest of the shoot. was super cool. And then on the Saturday, he was performing at V Festival... And I was down in the pit with all the other photographers, about 30 of us waiting to go in and uh, waiting to shoot uh, Foo Fighters. And Dave Grohl climbs down off the stage, walks across the thing, walks through the pit up to me and goes, hey, man, what the fuck are you doing here? And I was like, come to photograph you, Dave. Yeah, as if. And, and um, he only did that to make me look good in front of all of my photographic peers, you know. And sometimes, my point being, sometimes a really big character like that can ha- can 
swing either way and it you know you 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 have to be able to manage that that was tom oldham and about this episode john alexander said on twitter an honest account generously sprinkled with golden nuggets mixed with entertaining anecdotes and perfectly crafted for those that aspire to cut their own path thank you john i'm glad it was of use the second clip i have to share is with joe wallace joe is a creative director at jwt but also an activist on gender equality within the creative industry. I first met Joe because we're both part of a new initiative called Jolt, which aims to tackle diversity in the creative industry. And during our conversation together, I found this segment about the unique capabilities of creatives to empathise with their audience, regardless of their background, particularly insightful. So I don't know, just do something with it that's a bit more interesting. I think that's like an amazing insight because you, you, even though we're all so different, there are going to be people out there listening to this who are either super masculine or super feminine and all of the stuff that they're churning out it, it mm. would it look like a looks like a packaged portfolio that represents the exactly who they are it's like an extension of themselves mm. but to be able to get in the mindset of anyone and to, to it would be great to be able to look at a book and say i don't know who made this mm. um yeah so i think that's a really good i, really think, good I point. think that's a, a brilliant aim and I, I'll be honest, I mean, I, I'm i a woman, but I literally feel that I can... I think most creatives can empathise with people. I think it's a skill. I remember Steve Henry saying this to us as a group at How Henry. He said, you know, your skill as a creative is that you are good at empathising with people. And that means that you can kind of put yourself with a bit of knowledge, put yourself into the shoes of other people. And that's what you need to be able to do because... We get briefs over here and then over here and over here. And if you can empathise, which I think creatives do well, and that's what makes you stand out as a creative, then you can write and you can understand what it is that you need to say. And yes, it's great to have deeper knowledge and you should definitely read up on that. But the point is that you kind of get something, you get the the crux of what needs to be said and you can say it in a way that feels appropriate for that audience and in a way that they've maybe not seen it before. That was Joe Wallace. And after working with Joe, I received this review from someone who was actually part of the Jolt Initiative. As someone who doesn't normally listen to podcasts, Ricky Richards' podcasts are one of the few exceptions I'll gladly listen to. There's something to be said about listening to brilliant people speak, pair this with useful insights and great conversation, Fascinating discussions and these interviews always leave you feeling inspired and with a new grain of knowledge. Thank you, Rohit. You have no idea how much this means to hear those kind words. My third clip is with someone I greatly admire, the multi-talented rapper, writer and stand-up comic Ben Bailey-Smith, a.k.a. Doc Brown. This was one of those shows I was extremely excited about because Doc has accomplished so much in his life. The episode didn't disappoint and the main thing I loved about the episode it's how open and honest Doc was about his journey, and this segment about his transition from rap to comedy really epitomised for me his unique hunger and transparent approach. It's easy now to look back on my life and realise where the influences and inspirations and experiences came from in order for me to be good in two completely different disciplines. I can see it now, but at the time, you're really you're just dipping your toe in the water and you don't you don't know and you don't have that confidence because there's guys around you who've been doing it for 20 25 years within a within a year 
less than 12 months of of dipping my toe in comedy i was gigging alongside some of the biggest names in the game do you know what i mean so, so how, how did that happen what was the breakthrough moment i don't really know i feel i don't know if there was like a moment i just attacked it with the confidence of a rapper and you don't see that in comedy terms you don't see that from newbies they just they, it just doesn't happen you don't get a, a new youngster on the scene who's just like bang i'm a headline artist after Doc's interview, we received this brief but no less blissful review from an individual who answers by the name of Blackwoman. Blackwoman said, Smart conversations and brilliant insights from normal creative people having conversations. It's very easy to understand and follow. Thank you, Blackwoman. One thing I always knew when I started the show is that I'm not either the smartest or best interviewer in the world. I'm taking inspiration from some of my podcasting heroes, the likes of Joe Rogan, Tim Ferriss and James Altucher, I always hoped that my obvious inadequacies and dumb questions would help make the show approachable. So to hear that this is the case is greatly appreciated. My fourth clip is with one of my all-time favourite guests, Rosie Arnold. She was the 50th DNAD president and worked at the advertising agency BBH for over 15 years in its heyday. In her time, she consistently challenged perceptions over and over again and left a lasting impact on the industry as a whole. The main reason I loved hosting her, however, was because she had such an infectious energy. And this segment shines a light on why that is. Final question, so it's a tough one. But if you had to give one piece uh, of advice to help people live a better and more meaningful life, quite a heavy one, what would you say? See the positive in everything. I think, um, you know, I've had a rocky road, as we've discussed, and I'm... You know, I sometimes say if somebody made a film of my life, you would get out and walk out and go, this is unreal. And I'm not going to be defeated by it. And I'm not going to see myself as um, unlucky. And I'm not going to see life as unfair. Because I think what I need to do is, you know, so many people who have such difficult lives. So I feel be positive, stay upbeat and try and see the good in the situation, try however bad it is. Try and find the good in it because that, you've got to hang on to that to try and pick yourself up and keep going. I normally like to end it right there, but I want to dig into that a little bit just because I've I've meet very very few people that seem as happy and charismatic and uh, full of life as yourself. Is that something that you've always had, or have you had to develop that? Uh, <laughs> My brother, it's enormous fun when my beloved mum died recently and he got all the school reports out, which have got things like butterfly brain, doesn't stop talking, <laughs> um, distracting the other students, you know. So basically I've probably always been a bit of a chatterbox. And a, yeah, I think I've, I've probably tried to cultivate it a bit because I think enthusiasm is probably the best tool. And John Bartle actually, um, before he retired, said to me, Rosie, Rosie, never lose your enthusiasm. <laughs> and at the time, I felt a little bit offended because I thought, oh, God, is that it? Have I just got no creative talent at all? All I've got is enthusiasm. But I realised, um, you know, over the years that he's right and that enthusiasm is infectious and you can motivate and encourage and inspire people by enthusiasm. That was Rosie Arnold, head of art at AMV. One of the great things about podcasts 
is that you can inspire people during even the most odd moments. Peter got in touch and said, A dull afternoon filling out my dreaded tax return was made only bearable by listening to Ricky Richards' podcast. Very entertaining. Thanks, Peter. I'm glad we were able to help you get through your tax return. My last clip is with one of my most popular guests to date, Dave Bonaguidi. Dave is a serial agency founder turned artist, and the beauty of Dave is that he doesn't take life too seriously. And yet despite that, he's incredibly insightful and has lots of fun anecdotes that contain vast amounts of wisdom and life experience. That said, Dave prides himself on being the contrarian joker of the ad industry. So I won't say any more, and I'll let you hear it from the man himself. I went to the, um, the gallery owner at Print Club, which is just where I happened to start printing. You know, I hadn't printed in like 30 years. When I was at college, I'd, I'd done it, but I mean, I never really did it. I just learned how to do it. I didn't have any, any style. And I said to her, go on, tell me, tell, me, you know, tell me what sells. And she told me that there was, you know, people really like parrots and people really, and there's one artist <laughs> who does pineapples and he does a lot of stuff. He sells a lot of work. And I was like, wow, wow, pineapples and parrots. Do a parrot on a pineapple. Yeah, that would really sell. Or a parrot or a pineapple on a parrot. Uh, either way, it would sell. And I was a little bit kind of, I was, I've got to say, I was a little bit disappointed because I thought, you know, they're beautiful pictures, beautiful pictures of parrots and the, the stuff he prints upon it, they look fucking cool. But I've always worked in a, in a business, you know, again, groomed by Steve Henry, who's sitting in the back of my head going, why is it different? Why is that going to cut through? And I suppose um, I like, you know, I've been groomed to create creativity that, got, that gets a reaction. So that if it's on TV or if it's a poster, that people are going to stop minimum and then look at it minimum or listen to it minimum and then respond to it in some way if i'm not doing that it's a failure now the whole idea of hanging a picture of a parrot on my wall filled me with dread because i just thought why would i do it i mean i like parrots i like pineapples but do i want a picture of a parrot on my wall does that say what i want it to you know you get somebody back to your house and they go yeah look, he's got a parrot on his wall he's got pineapple in his bathroom what does that say about <laughs> me it just says he's kind of you know he's all right really He's got nice stuff. And so I, I said to her, you know, tell me what sells. And she told me. And then I thought, and then she said, what kind of stuff do you do? And I'd just done a print of a of a of, um, four-color picture of some dogs that I found. It's called Bad Dog, and I did two of them. And they're just pictures of these little dogs in French, with their names in French. It's called Vilain Chien. And I just thought it was a funny thing to do. Four-color, which means, you know, you print cyan, you know, yellow, cyan, magenta, black. But they've all got erections. <laughs> and you don't notice it at first. I'll, I'll give you one because I've never sold one. But I remember I said to her, I said, I, I print pictures of dogs. She went, oh, yeah, dogs. People like dogs. I said, it's four colour. And she went, yeah, yeah. And she looked at it and she went, yeah, yeah. Because I'd only been printing about a month. And she said, yeah. they're not really that good, are they? And I said, I know. And then she went, ooh, and dropped it. And she said, why have they all got erections? I said, because it's funny. <laughs> it's funny. Now, I don't know anybody that thinks about doing a print that's funny. Most prints are just done to look on the wall and you go, oh, that's nice. Whereas I was just sort of thinking, if you can make it funny, that's funny, isn't it? As one of the most downloaded episodes to date, I know it was incredibly well received. Comments like this one from Ollie Mills saying that Dave's episode made him laugh, think and act, something that he believes makes this show special. That's the reason I started this show to begin with, in order to help take action on something that I myself was very passionate about and I'm glad that the show seems to be creating the same effect in others. That concludes some of the highlights from this year's show. Needless to say, it's been an absolute pleasure creating along with the team. Big thanks to producer Adam, 
Frankie and James, the sound engineers, and also everyone here at Factory for making every guest feel incredibly welcome. I hope more people get to find out about the show and that we can continue to grow and build upon the great foundation we created last year. For now, that's all from me, but wherever you are, I hope you have a wonderful day. Come back soon and keep creating. Bye for now.